Well, good morning. I want to take a minute as we start off today and welcome uh, those of you who are watching online and also those of you who are, are at our Neely campus today. Uh, can you believe it? We're already in week eight in our Summer of Psalms series, and today we're going to be in Psalm chapter 90. And so if you have your Bible, you can go ahead and open up there. That's where we're going to be almost the whole day. Uh, and, you know, if, if you have been traveling this summer, uh, and maybe if you've gotten out of your Bible reading rhythm, I just want to encourage you. We have a Bible reading plan that goes along with our summer series. And uh, if, if you've been traveling and you just think, man, I, I've kind of gotten out of that rhythm, let me just encourage you to hop back on with us today. You can pick up this reading plan at any one of our campuses at the kiosk out in the foyer. You can also find it online. And there's a few more weeks of this series. And so I just want to encourage you to hop back on with us. Uh, so Psalm 90, is a, it's a Psalm of Moses. It's, it's the oldest. Uh, most scholars think that it's the oldest psalm written out of the 150 psalms. And uh, Moses says in chapter 90 of Psalms, Lord, you have been grace, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You return man to dust and say, return, O children of man, for a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past, or as a watch in the night. You sweep them away as with a flood. They are like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning it flourishes and is renewed, and in the evening it fades and withers." For we are brought to an end by your anger, by your wrath, we are dismayed. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. For all our days pass away under your wrath. We bring our years to an end like a sigh. The years of our life are 70 or 80 by reason of strength. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone and we fly away. Who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you? So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all of our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, and for as many years as we have seen evil. Let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands. Yes, establish the work of our hands. You see, many scholars, they think that this psalm was written during Moses' life one of two times. It was either towards the very end of his life when, when he was looking back on all of the things that he remembers, all the times that he remembers God's faithfulness, and, and possibly it was written then, or it could have been written somewhere in the time in the book of Numbers. We see in Numbers chapter 13 was one of Israel's great failures. And if you've read the story of, of Israel leaving, the nation of Israel leaving Egypt, you may remember that there was a time, they were at this place called Kadesh Barnea, and God had told them, go into the promised land. I'm going to give it to you. And they sent spies in, and, and the spies came back, and they were like, the people are too big. We can't do it. And it was this, this 
this opportunity for them to trust God or to disobey. And they disobeyed. And, and so because of that, they spent 40 years wandering in the desert. And that's Numbers chapter 13. And then just a few short chapters later, we see Moses' brother Aaron dies. And we see his sister Miriam die. And, and so some scholars think that maybe this psalm was written during this period of time. It would have been one of Moses' hardest times of his life. And yet, through all of this... Moses learned a few lessons, and I think he wants to teach us those today throughout this psalm. And, and so here's some insights that, that I think we can gain. One, God is our home. Two, life is short, and sometimes it's incredibly hard. But three, your past experiences prepare you for the future and for eternity. See, Moses lived around 120 years. We can find that in the scriptures, and, and it's kind of broken up into thirds. See, his first 40 years, he lives as a prince in Egypt. It's a pretty settled life. And then he moves on, and the next 40 years of his life, he, he's, in, uh, he's a shepherd in Midian. But his last 40 years... Oh man, those last 40 years, he, he's, he spends leading a group of complaining Israelites who didn't really want his leadership most of the time, and they certainly didn't appreciate it. And it's interesting because Numbers chapter 33, it says that the nation of Israel actually camped some 42 different places, but wherever Moses lived, God was his home. Wherever Moses lived, God was his home. And, and you don't have to read the story to understand that he wasn't a perfect leader. He wasn't. He made mistakes just like you and I. But, but what Moses figured out was that he had to find his strength and his comfort and his encouragement and his walk with God. It was, it was the things that made life hard when, when he had to go and find that dwelling place. And that's what he did. And, and some of you, you, you're experiencing this today, right? Because maybe your company moved you out to the wilderness, Midland, Odessa. And some of you, you have been here for just a few short months. And these few months have been really, really hard. There's some of us in here, we've been here for a few years and if we could tell somebody just sitting in front of us, you would say, yes, these few years have been really, really hard for me. Maybe it's because all of your family and your friends are back what you would consider home, right, from where you came from. Maybe it's because even since you've gotten here and you've really tried to reach out to, to new relationships and new friendships, and for whatever reason, it just is not working. This place doesn't feel like home. Maybe it's because, you know, you don't actually have a home here. Like you're trying to find a home, but housing prices are so crazy in this area. And so it, it just doesn't feel like home. Look at the person next to you on your right and say, I've been there. You see, if that's you today, if that's you today, you and Moses, I think you could sit down and have a great conversation and you would understand each other. But Moses figured something out and, and he hits on it right on verse one, that his dwelling place was in God. No matter where he lived, his dwelling place was in God. I want you to repeat after me and say, God is my home. 
Exodus tells us that every place that they went, every place that they camped, that Moses would actually set up his own tent outside uh, of the base camp. Exodus chapter 33, verse 7. Now Moses used to take the tent and pitch it outside the camp, far off from the camp. And he called it the tent of meeting. And everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting, which was outside the camp. Verse 11, thus the Lord used to meet, to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to a friend. Face to face. God would meet with Moses face to face. And God's presence became the dwelling place. God's presence became the place that Moses loved to spend time. You see... Moses didn't deal with some of the same things that we do. We, you know, Moses probably never got called out by his boss out to the field at like midnight on a Saturday. Moses didn't have a phone with push notifications and fake news and text messages. But he figured out on the hardest days of his life, on, on the good days and on the bad days, when, when relationships were really hard, he figured out that he had to go find a dwelling place, and that dwelling place was in God. So I think that probably in here, there's some of us that have not found that. We haven't found that, and, and it's manifesting in our life in, in fear and anxiety maybe in depression. And if that's you today, I'm not picking on you. I'm just saying that for you to ever find a comfort, for you to ever uh, be able to deal with the hard parts of life, you're going to have to find your dwelling place in the Lord. So it makes me think about my little dog, Henry. Henry is uh, a dog that we gave, I gave to Allie five years ago. As you can see, he's, he's quite the manly dog. And um, I gave Henry to Allie five and a half years ago when she was six months pregnant. Maybe not my best decision as a husband. <laughs> That's another story for another day, right? But Henry, in our house, Henry has found a home. And it looks like this. See, when, when the thunderstorms come or fireworks come, Henry bolts to what I call his home. He goes under our daughter's bed right up against the wall. And when his little world is upside down, that's where Henry goes on his bad days. But you know what else is true? On, on, on Henry's good days, that's where he goes. Because that's where he loves to go and hang out. That's where he loves to go and dwell. And, and I would say the same thing has to happen with us, with God. You see, we have to find our dwelling place in him. And so I would just ask you today, when your world is upside down, is God your home? On your, on your good days, is God your dwelling place? It's a challenge for us today. How do we do that? We have to get in the Word. We have to renew our mind every single day. Jesus talks about this idea in John 15 when he says, abide in me. And we see that Moses goes on and he talks about how God is eternal from everlasting to everlasting. He talks about the brevity of life 
verse 4 and 5. He says, For a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past, or as a watch in the night. You sweep them away as a flood. They are like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning it flourishes and is renewed. In the evening it fades and it, it fades and it withers away. And Moses paints this incredible word picture, right? He talks about how our life is is like a blade of grass, how it's like a dream, a a four-hour watch of the night, how it's washed away like a flood. Life is short, and sometimes it is incredibly hard. And I don't have to explain this to you. I don't have to explain to you how grass in West Texas is tough to grow. Come on, somebody. Right? It's 104 every day. It's late July. Most of our front yards at this point, they look more like a goat ranch than they do a lush green yard. And this, this is what Moses compares our life to. The human life is as short as a blade of grass in West Texas. He says it's like a flood. And if you've ever seen images or, or video of a flood coming, there's nothing that is stopping it. It washes away like that, like a dream. Our life is so short, it's passing. But we don't view it like this most times. How about this? Mamas, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about right now, right? It seems like some of these days will never, ever end. And the old adage is true, the days are long, but the years are short. Let me see if I can help illustrate this for just a second. I saw this this week, and I think it really helps us understand this idea. You see this rope right here. This, this rope illustrates eternity. And I want you to just imagine that it keeps going. It goes all the way to Monahans and New Mexico. It just keeps going. And this way, it just keeps going on down to Big Spring and Dallas. And this little yellow section right here. That represents your life. Now, the black part right here, it represents a thousand years. But in comparison to eternity, it's so short. Our life, it passes away so quickly. And compared to everlasting to everlasting, where God, that's where God is, it's so incredibly short. And He goes on, he talks about how there is toil and trouble in our life. And and you know this to be true. Some of you are walking through this right now. You're going, this part of my life, this little section of my life, I've seen nothing but toil and trouble. But why did it have to be like this? Because some of the first patriarchs we see in the first part of Genesis, they lived 800 years or a thousand years, and that's a long time. A thousand years is a, it's a long time, but compared to eternity, it's just a dot on the timeline. But Moses, he understood the effects and the consequences of sin, and he kind of bounces back and forth in this section of verses from verse 3 to verse 11. He talks about the consequences of sin and God's wrath and his anger. A whole generation had to pass away before they can enter into the promised land. And Moses was included in this group. They saw whole groups of people die because of their misdeeds. 
because God has a standard. He, he has a mark that he expects us to meet. And even to this day, many of us, we all, all, we don't meet that standard. See, Moses, he understood some 1,600 years before Paul would ever write, the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. And what does that word wage mean? It's something that we have earned. If I go to work and I earn a wage, it's something that I've earned. We have earned eternal separation from God. And we see this in this psalm, right? God's wrath should be poured out upon us. And it's heavy. (laughs) But Moses, he doesn't stop there. There's like two-thirds of this psalm, we, we're dealing with our brevity. We're dealing with the shortness of life. We're dealing with our sin. But verse 12, oh, verse 12, he says, So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Look at the person on your left and say, So teach us. Yes, it's a so what statement in this psalm. So what do we, what would we do? What would we do if we were to start numbering our days? I'll tell you what I would do. I'd go skydiving. I'd go Rocky Mountain climbing. I'd go 2.7 seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu. All right. Maybe not a real bull. I would die if I got on a real bull, right? But, but you get the point. We number our years, but we don't number our days. And, and Moses' his, his desire, I think, is, is that we would gain perspective. We would start to see the things that really matter in this life, things that are eternal, not things that are short-lived, right? We would start to understand that relationships matter more than, 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 than things that we can spend money on. This week, I, I downloaded an app called the Moment app. And this, this app tells you how much time you're spending on your phone each day, scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, and your brain is turning to mush, right? We waste so much time on stuff that doesn't matter. Our reality is we don't know how many days we have left. You don't know how many days you have left. See, right now, I'm 38 years old and some change, right? And I had a friend this week who actually numbered my days for me. 13,961 days. And that's how many beads are in here. Actually, 60, I think I dropped one in first service, but you get the point here, right? 13,961 days. This day right here, this was a good day. This day was the day I got married. This day, this day represents probably not as good a day. I think I was like nine years old. That's kind of awkward. You get the point, right? But this represents if we were to to number our our days. But what if we were to flip this idea? And what if this were how many days we had left? What if we could count tomorrow? We could count next week. Do you think it would change the way that we live our life? Yeah, of course it would. We would. We would probably behave much differently. So teach me, Lord, to number my days. 
This psalm is about life and not death. Today, I think Moses will tell us that your past experiences prepare you for the future. They prepare you for eternity. And I love the way that the message version of the Bible puts verses 13 through 17. It says, surprise us with, the love, with your love at daylight. Then we'll skip and we'll dance all the day long. Make up for the bad times with some good times. We've seen enough evil to last a lifetime. Let your servants see what you're best at, the way you rule and bless your children, and let the loving kindness of our Lord, our God, rest on us, confirming the work that we do. Oh, yes, affirm the work that we do. Moses knew, he knew better than any of us about God providing for him in the morning. You remember this, that God would provide for them six days a week. He would provide bread for them every single morning. It was their nourishment, right? And on, on, on the sixth day, he would actually provide a double portion for the next day. It sustained them for 40 years. And so I would say the same thing must happen for you. You, you must get in God's word and you must nourish yourself in that word every single day. And then you can walk with him throughout the rest of the day and enjoy his presence. I read it this way this week as I was studying. It says, life is brief, so Moses prayed, teach us. Life is difficult, so he prayed, satisfy us. His work at times seemed futile. And so he prayed, establish the work of our hands. And God answered those prayers for Moses. And I think that he wants to do that for, for us today too. Just four short weeks ago, I was up in Lubbock and I, uh, I was at a funeral. We had a, a tragic funeral in our family. And um, you, you've walked into a situation like this with uh, a young person who, they were too young to die. And it was, it was a, a really hard place to walk into. Lots of people were walking in, asking questions. Why did this happen? I don't, I don't understand why this happened. And you're feeling the shortness of life in that moment. And this 84-year-old Irishman, he, he got up. Uh, and began to perform the, uh, he was officiating the funeral. And um, this guy was like the real deal. Like he was born in Ireland. He, he, he had an accent so thick, you kind of had to lean in to understand him, right? And as he began to, to, to speak about life, as he began to speak about God, you could, you could feel a change in the room. You could feel the love of God and you could feel God's compassion for his people. And God, God knows, he knows the situations that we walk through. He knows the shortness of our life. That's why he sent Jesus to deal with our sin and our shame. And so because of that, I think we need to have a little moment today of, so what? So teach us, Lord, to, to number our days. We walk out of here differently today, knowing that it's the things that are eternal that matter. It's not, it's not the short-term things. And we get caught up in that so easily. And so today, I want to pray for us that we remember that life is short and sometimes really hard. 
but that God would be our home. We remember the things that we're walking through right now. (laughs) Prepare us for the future, but also for eternity. So will you stand with me so I can pray for you? God, I thank you for these people, for your people. God, for the people that um, are at all of the campuses in mid-cities today. Lord, that you sent your son Jesus to die for them. God, to take their sin. And Lord, we thank you that you are everlasting. God, that you have always been. And we rest in that fact that, that you love us, you desire to bless each and every one of these people. And God, we confess today that we don't always number our days. We don't remember how short this life really is. But God, would you help us to do that today? Would you help us to walk out of here differently, Lord, with a different perspective? Would you give us an eternal perspective? And Father, if we have never, if we've never given our life over to Jesus, if we've never uh, said enough, I'm tired of doing it on my own, today we... We're ready to do that. And so, God, we just ask today that for those that, those that are in this room, those that are at the Neely campus that have never done that, God, would you, would you stir their hearts? Help us to de- a, a, be a different people leaving this place today. We love you, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.